Welcome to the Old Bridge Baptist Church podcast. We hope you find the following sermon to be edifying for your walk with the Lord. If you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook page. You can also visit our website at obb.church for more info. Now here's the sermon. Good evening. It's good to see everybody out tonight. And uh, thank you for the good music, Trudy, for the hard work and, and for um, Herman and for John helping out as well. And we're glad you're here tonight. I'm going to invite you to turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 7. As we were singing through that song, Jesus Christ was born to give the second birth. You see, we're born once physically. But the Bible says that we need to be born a second time by trusting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And here in Isaiah chapter 7, we see a challenge as we look at Christmas. And God, if I have a title of this, I'm going to title it God's Personal Address to You Tonight. You see, in this context... There are two kings that were trying to wipe out the Davidic line, which means they were fighting against Jesus Christ ever being born. And there also was a king that God was personally trying to reach, to trust him, to deliver him from his circumstances, but also that he may know him so that he can be with him, that this king could be with God forever in heaven. And so again, the title is God's personal address to you. Now, I want you to look at verses five to six because it's kind of what I've just spoken about. Because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Remaliah have plotted evil against you. Against whom? against King Ahaz. King Ahaz was the king of Judah. He was a descendant of David. And he was therefore part of the Messianic line. But these two kings, Ephraim, which is actually another name for Israel or the 10 northern tribes. At this point of Israel's history, they had split. And it was only Judah and Benjamin to the south. And it was 10 tribes to the north. And Syria was located just north of Israel. And those two kings conspired together to take out this king. It said, look at verse 6. Let us go up against Judah and trouble it. And let us make a gap in its wall for ourselves and set a king over them, the son of Tabel, which was not a Jewish king. They were looking to wipe out the Messianic line right here. Now, the other thing, again, I wanted to point out is this person, Ahaz. In verse 9, it says this. The head of Ephraim is Samaria. The head of Samaria is Remaliah's son. Now, this is what he says. If you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. Believe what? Let's have a word of prayer and we'll look at this. Father, we pray tonight as we look at this, Christmas Eve is, and Christmas is thought about in many different ways and celebrated in many different ways. 
But the Bible, the reason why we celebrate Christmas, because the Bible speaks of the birth of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, born of a virgin, both God and man, and came to this earth for one primary reason, to sacrifice and to die upon a cross for our sins, to reconcile a sinful man to a holy God. And Father, as we look at this story tonight, that we see that there is an attack to prevent Christ from coming. And ultimately, that attack is satanic, to prevent Christ from coming, to come to this earth and die for our sins. And then we see also this challenge to King Ahaz, to trust you, to trust you for deliverance, to trust you as his, his God and Savior, and to trust you then for all eternity. And Father, I pray that as we look at this passage, you will speak to us individually. Your desire is for all of us to know Christ as Savior and to yield our lives to your Lordship. And Father, speak to us and speak through me tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm going to just pick up. We can go through this, this passage very quickly. Look at verse 1. Now, it came to pass in the day of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, the king of Judah. He's the king of Judah. He is the one that is uh, the, the Davidic line and the Messianic line. Now, the, it says this, that Rezin, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem to make war against it, but they could not prevail against it. So that starts off with a war. These two kings join allegiance and they're attacking the king of Judah, who is, again, is the Messianic line. And verse two, it says this, and it was told to the house of David saying, notice the house of David, why it's the house of David, because it's the Davidic dynasty. And it's probably hint to us that they wanna wipe out the Davidic dynasty. And Jesus Christ, of course, is part of that that line eventually. And it says this, Syria's forces are deployed in Ephraim. Now Ephraim is another name for the 10 tribes of Israel, right? Because it was the largest tribe, it's the descendants of, of Joseph. So it's saying the same thing. It's, it's, it's Syria's forces are deployed in Ephraim. In other words, they can't, they send troops into Jerusalem and they're trying to take this king out, but they can't do it. So they reassemble troops Syria sends some troops from the north into Israel and they reassemble troops and they're ready to go back and attack again. And that's why it says in verse two, so his heart, that's Ahaz, so his heart and the heart of his people, all the people in Judah and Jerusalem, were moved at the tr as the trees of the woods are moved in the wind. You ever hear the expression? Uh, he was shaken like a leaf. That's what was happening. He was scared to death because these troops were coming. Now, verse three says this. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Isaiah is the prophet, go out to me, Ahaz, you and Shir, Jezub, your son, at the end of the aqueduct from the upper pool on the highway to Fuller's Field. Now that's outside of Jerusalem, okay? The aqueduct was the water supply. And I'm gonna guess that he was probably there looking at the water supply because what would happen is nations would see, put you in a siege. They would surround you and cut off supplies. He's probably seeing, hey, what's our water supply? 
look like. So he's, he's checking that out. Isaiah goes to him. Now, this is what God says for Isaiah to say to him. And say to him, take heed and be quiet. Do not fear or be faint-hearted. For these two stubs of smoking firebrands, for the fierce anger resident of Syria and the son of Remaliah. You're scared to death of these two, but in my eyes, they're like two firebrands uh, brands that are ready to, to fizzle out. In Ireland, we used to light uh, something called turf, and we put it in kind of what would you call like a, a wood um, burning stove, but it was it was from the ground, it was, it was turf. And you would have these little fire stars, you light the fire stars, and you would hope it would catch the turf to light up the, to kindle the fire. But when those things went out, they lasted like two minutes, and then they went out like that. And that's what God says these two nations are. They're ready to, they're ready to fizzle out just like that. So you, need, you don't need to be afraid. Because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Remaliah have plotted evil against you, saying, as we saw earlier, let us go up against Judah and trouble it, and let us make a gap in its walls for ourselves, and set a king over them, the son of Tabel. Let's take out the Davidic line and let's set up our own line. And it's probably because they wanted to take control of Judah's troops because Assyria to the northeast was becoming a very, very powerful empire. And they were afraid. And so all this is happening, taking place. Now, we see all that. We see verse 7. It says this. Thus says the Lord God. Now, have you ever seen one of those movies where the guy comes up and sometimes has old British movies and they have a trumpet and they blow the trumpet and the guy would take a scroll out and say, thus says the king, right? Well, that's what's happening here. This is an official thing. Probably a trumpet going off and it comes down and says, thus says the Lord God. Here's an official proclamation from the God of heaven. And that's what he says. It shall not stand nor shall it come to pass. It's not going to happen. They're not going to take out the Davidic line because I have a plan to send a savior to the earth. Now, skip down to verse 10. Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz saying, ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. Now God is saying, has I know this is a scary situation and I know you're trembling and I know you're outgunned so I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask a sign of me and that sign could be something miraculous under the earth in the sea perhaps it could be on the earth it could be in the sky it could be in outer space because nothing limits God you ask a sign of me because I am going to deliver you now the Bible says this in verse 12. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Now that sounds like a pretty pious statement, doesn't it? But it wasn't. The problem was that King Ahaz had already made a treaty with Assyria. In other words, instead of trusting the Lord for deliverance, he was trusting a political alliance with Assyria. And God is saying, break that alliance and trust me alone. Now, you don't have to turn there, but 2 Kings chapter 16, verse 7 through 8 says this. Now listen. So Ahaz sent messengers to the king of Syria. This happened prior 
to, to Isaiah 7. Say, I am your servant and your son. Come and save me from the hand of the king of Syria and from the hand of the king of Israel who rise up against me. And Ahaz took the silver and the gold that was found in the house of the Lord. That's God's money used for God's purpose. And he takes that money and in the treasuries of the king house and he sent it as a present to the king of Assyria. So essentially what God is saying is you break again your, your, your uh, allegiance with the king of Assyria and you trust me. A massive step of faith. And then he refuses and says, I won't test the Lord. And that's why the response in verse 13. Then he said, this is Isaiah, hear now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? You keep resisting and resisting and resisting and God wants to trust you. You see, King Ahaz had a very godly father by the name of Uzziah. King Ahaz had a very godly son by the name of Hezekiah. But King Ahaz was not godly at all. He was not following God at all. And God was reaching out to him to say, I want a relationship with you. And that same God reaches out to each and every one here. Some of us have a relationship with Jesus Christ and he says, yield to my Lordship. Others do not. And he says, accept my son as your Lord and Savior. Now, we come to this verse 14, which is a famous um, passage that we're familiar with. And the way Old Testament prophecy worked is this. Now, listen very carefully. There was a short-term prophecy. If that short-term prophecy came true, then you knew that prophecy was from God. And then there would be a long-term prophecy. Now, you don't have to turn there, but you can look at 1 Kings chapter 13, verses 1 and 5, as a very clear, simple example of that truth. So you're going to get a short-term prophecy. The short-term prophecy, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, to Ahaz... Okay, there's going to be a virgin. The virgin is going to get married. She's a virgin now, but she's going to get married and she's going to bear a son. Okay, that's the him. Now, curds and honey shall he eat. Curds is like curdled food, like cheese or, or you know, butter. Um, that he may know to refuse evil and choose good. Now, here's, here's the first prophecy. Look what it says. For before the child shall know... To refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that you dread will be forsaken by both her kings. So what does that mean? That means that this virgin will get married and bear a son, and within a few years, when a child knows between what's right and what's wrong, these two kings that are trying to kill you are going to be wiped out. Now, you don't have time to look at it tonight. But if you would go to chapter three, or excuse me, chapter eight, verses three to four, you will see the prophetess bears a child. Now, there's speculation who was that prophetess. It could have been Isaiah's wife, 
Isaiah already had a son, so his wife could have died. It could have been another wife. It could have been a second wife. It could have been someone totally different. But the point is, that sign was revealed. And it was clear to them. And then the Bible tells us, amazingly enough, the Bible tells us that this thing did happen. In 2 Kings chapter 16, verse 9, you can look at it later. Remaliah, the king of Syria, was slain by the king of Assyria. So the text here in the beginning is 734 BC. In 732 BC, Remaliah, the king of Syria, is wiped out. Okay? Now you can go to the British Museum and study the history of Assyria, and you'll be amazed how much it lines up, how many things, extra biblical things, line up here with the scriptures. Now, here's the other thing. The other, the other person, okay, the other person that, again, they would be wiped out, was Pekah in 2 Kings chapter 15, verses 29 to 30. Pekah was made a vassal under Assyria and was slain by a man by the name of Hosea. That means, and he would have seen this, Ahaz would have seen this and witnesses, and that means he knew that this prophecy, this second prophecy, was true. Now, what is the second prophecy? Well, the second prophecy is the future prophecy speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And we saw it read tonight in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, the virgin was Mary, and Mary never knew man, and God communicated to Joseph because she was pregnant. Joseph wanted to put her away privately, and she was espoused to Joseph. That means they were legally married, but they didn't come together yet, and that was the way out. Joseph put her away privately to want to make a spectacle of him because he loved her. But she, Matthew takes quotes from this passage in Matthew 123 and says, this is not just the fact that God is going to be with us as a nation. This is literally God. God is with us. The incarnation. Both God and man. And then it says, curds and honey shall he eat that he may to refuse the evil and choose good. He is not only God with us, but he's man. He will eat like a man. He will choose like a man. And so the fulfillment, the long-term prophecy is that Jesus Christ was born. And so the challenge to us tonight is this. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, it says, he will save his people from their sins. The power of sin. You see, Jesus Christ wants to be Lord of your life. And when we yield to his lordship, he comes into our lives and he changes us and he makes us into the people he wants us to be. He makes us, he begins a process making us more like Jesus Christ. And then the power of sin, or excuse me, the penalty of sin. You see, because of sin, God is a holy God. And God must punish sin. And he sent Jesus Christ because he doesn't want to pour his wrath on us. He poured his wrath on his son. And so he offers, think of Christmas, 
we give many gifts. He offers tonight a gift, salvation. You can have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior tonight, but you must receive it by faith as a gift. And now we look at our friend Ahaz in verse 9. You see, God, I believe, through this prophecy, was reaching out to Ahaz and said, Ahaz, you need to trust me. You need to believe. You are trusting Assyria. You are trusting for them to deliver you. You are trusting presently in idols that you're worshiping. I want you to take all of your trust off of them, and I want you to place all of your trust into me, and I'm going to deliver you. I've given you a sign. And in the future, there's going to be a Savior that's going to die for you as well, and I want you to trust in all of that. And that's what he gave And In verse 9, it says, The head of Ephraim is Samaria. The head of Samaria is Remali's son. If... You will not believe. Surely you shall not be established. And the opposite is this. If you will believe, you will be established. Your kingdom will be established. Your life will be established. And your eternity will be established with me. You have to believe or not believe. And that same offer is given to each and every one of us. Some of us have trusted Christ as Lord and Savior. Others have not, and Christ presents that. Now, the tragedy of Ahaz's life, we can read what happens. He refused to trust the Lord, and as a result, his life was tragic. He kept himself enthroned in his heart and kept Assyria as an ally. He did not break his allegiance with Assyria. He worshipped many idols, including Molech. And Molech required you to take your children, and there was a statue, and it was made of iron, and they would heat it up to white hot, beyond red hot, white hot. And you would toss your infant child into the hands as a sacrifice. He worshipped that God instead of turning the Lord. Tragic. He sought guidance through the occult, including fortune tellers, wizards, and witches. He became a vassal under Assyria. They conquered, and he paid taxes and was a slave to them. He died at the early age of 36. Tragic. And was so wicked the leaders of Judah wouldn't bury him in honor with the kings of old. And again, that's not God's desire. God's desire is to be our God and to be our Lord and to be our Savior and to have a close, intimate relationship with every one of us. And so when we think of Christmas, think of that. Let's pray. Father in heaven, speak to us, encourage us, and draw close to us. And Father, we pray that we would have a wonderful Christmas with family and friends. Father, time of giving and receiving. But Lord, most importantly, may we yield to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. 
And may those who don't know Christ as Lord and Savior receive that gift this Christmas or even this month. We pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old Bridge Baptist Church. Please consider subscribing to our podcast on the platform that you're currently listening on. We appreciate your support and we hope you have a God-blessed day.